Good evening, and we are here with day 91. We are a little bit late. It has been an eventful weekend, and not that I'm using that as an excuse, but I think it's comforting in knowing that we're all human, and sometimes time gets away from us. So um, our apologies for being a little bit late on this one, but we are continuing with day 91 with the Read the Bible Through um, or In a Year podcast. So we will get started. We are going to be in Deuteronomy 18 and going through chapter 20 tonight. So we'll get started. The Levitical priests, the whole tribe of Levi, will have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They will eat they will eat the Lord's fire offerings. That is their inheritance. Although Levi has no inheritance amongst amongst his brothers, the Lord is his inheritance as, as promised, or as he promised him. This is the priest's share from the people who offer a sacrifice, whether it is an ox, a sheep, or a goat. The priests are to be given the shoulder, jaws, and stomach. You are to give him the first fruits of your grain, new wine, and fresh oil, and the first sheared wool of your flock. For the Lord your God has chosen him and his sons from all your tribes to stand and minister to his name from now on. When a Levite leaves one of your towns in Israel, where he was staying and wants to go to the place that the Lord chooses, he may serve in the name of the Lord his God, like all of his fellow Levites who minister there in the presence of the Lord. He will eat equal portions besides what he has received from the sale of the family estate. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one among you is to sacrifice his son or his daughter in the fire, practice divination, tell fortunes, or interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or a spiritist, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord, and the Lord your God is driving out nations before you because of these detestable acts. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations are about to drive that you are about to drive out, listen to fortune tellers and diviners. The Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. This is what you requested from the Lord your God at Oreb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not continue to hear the voice of the Lord our God or see this great fire any longer so that we will not die. Then the Lord said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among the brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I command him. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. But the prophet who presumes to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. You may say to yourself, How can we recognize a message the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the Lord's name and the message does not come true or is not fulfilled, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. Chapter 19 when the Lord your God annihilates the nations whose land he is giving you, so that you drive them out and live in their cities and houses, you are to set apart three cities for yourself within the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. 
You are to determine the distances and divide the land the Lord your God is granting to you as an inheritance into three regions, so that anyone who commits manslaughter can flee to these cities. Here is the law concerning a case of someone who kills a person and flees there to save his life, having killed his neighbor accidentally without previously hating him. If, for example, he goes into the forest with his neighbor to cut timber, and his hand swings the axe to chop down a tree, but the blade flies off the handle and strikes his neighbor so that he dies, that person may flee to one of these cities and live. Otherwise, the avenger of blood in the heat of his anger might pursue the one who committed the manslaughter, overtake him because the distance is great, and strike him dead. Yet he did not deserve to die since he did not previously hate his neighbor. This is why I am commanding you to set apart three cities for yourselves. If the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he swore to your fathers and gives you all the land he promised to give them, provided you, provided you keep every one of these commands I am giving you today and follow them, loving the Lord your God and walking in all of his ways at all times, you are to add three more cities to these three. That was a very wordy passage. In this way, innocent blood will not be shed, and you will not become guilty of bloodshed in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. But if someone hates his neighbor, lies in ambush for him, attacks him, and strikes him fatally, and flees to one of these cities, the elders of his city are to send for him, take him there, and hand him over to the avenger of blood, and he will die. Do not look on him with pity. But purge from Israel the guilt of shedding innocent blood, and you will prosper. Do not move your neighbor's boundary marker. Establish at the start in the inheritance you will receive from the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. One witness cannot establish any iniquity or sin against a person, whatever that person has done. A fact must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If a malicious witness testifies against someone accusing him of a crime, the two people in the dispute are to stand in the presence of the Lord before the priests and the judges in authority at that time. The judges are to make a careful investigation, and if the witness turns out to be a liar who has falsely accused his brother, you must do to him as he intended to do to his brother. You must purge evil from you. Then everyone else will hear and be afraid, and they will never again do anything evil like this among you. Do not show pity. Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Chapter 20. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses, chariots, and army, armies larger than yours, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, who has brought you out of the land of Egypt, is with you. When you are about to engage in battle, the priest is to come forward and address the army. He is to say to them, Listen, Israel, today you are about to engage in battle with your enemies, but do not be cowardly. Do not be afraid, alarmed, or terrified of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. The officers are to address the army. Has any man built a new house and not dedicated it? Let him leave and return home. Otherwise, he may die in battle and another man dedicate it. Has any man planted a vineyard and not begun to enjoy its fruit? Let him leave and return home. Otherwise, he may die in battle and another man may enjoy his fruit. Has any man become engaged to a woman and not married her? Let him leave and return home. Otherwise, he may die in battle and another man marry her. The officers will continue to address the army and say, 
Is there any man who is afraid or cowardly? Let him leave and return home so that his brothers won't lose heart as he did. When the officers have finished addressing the army, they will appoint military commanders and lead it. When you approach the city to fight against it, make an offer of peace. If it accepts your offer of peace and opens its gates to you, all the people found in it will become forced laborers to you and serve you. However, if it does not make peace with you, but, is, but it wages war against you, lay siege to it. When the Lord your God hands it over to you, strike down all its males with the sword. But you may take the women, dependents, animals, and whatever else is in the city, and all its spoil as plunder. You may enjoy the spoil of your enemies that the Lord your God has given you. This is how you are to treat all the cities that are far away from you and are not among the cities of these nations. However, you must not let any living thing survive among the cities of these people the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. You must completely destroy them. The Hittite, Amorite, Canaanite, Perizzite, Hivite, and Jebusite, as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that they won't teach you all the detestable acts they do for their gods, and you sin against the Lord your God. When you lay siege to a city for a long time, fighting against it in order to capture it, do not destroy its trees by putting an axe to them, because you can get food from them. Do not cut them down. Um... Sorry, I lost my place for a second. <laughs> Are trees of the field human to come under siege by you? But you may destroy the trees that you know do not produce food. You may cut them down to build siege works against the city that is waging war against you until it falls. All right. We will move into Luke. And we are in Luke chapter 9, verse... About eight days after this conversation, he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah. They appeared in glory and they were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and those with him were in a deep sleep, and when they woke and became fully awake, they saw his glory, and the two men were standing with him. As the two men were departing from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he was saying. While he was saying this, a cloud appeared and overshadowed them. They became afraid as they entered into the cloud. Then a voice came from the cloud, saying, This is my son, the chosen one. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They kept silent, and at the time, no one. they told no one of what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. Just then, a man from the crowd began to cry out, Teacher, I beg of you, look at my son, because he is my only child. A spirit seizes him. Suddenly he shrieks, and it throws him into convulsions until he foams at the mouth, severely bruising him. It scarcely ever leaves him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. Jesus replied, You unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. 
As the boy was still approaching, the demon knocked him down and threw him into severe convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. They were all astonished at the greatness of God. While everyone was amazed at all the things he was doing, he told the disciples, Let these words sink in. The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this statement. It was concealed from them so that they could not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. An argument started amongst them about who was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing their inner thoughts, took a little child who was in Adam's stand next to him. He told them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes him who sent me. For whoever is least among you, this one is great. John responded, Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow us. Don't stop him, Jesus told him, because whoever is not against you is for you. All right. We will move on to Psalm. And if you're interested, we have posted um, a podcast um, on faith. And actually, we discuss a little bit of that scripture that uh, we just read. Um, so if, if you want to listen to that, we kind of go in a little more in depth there. So I, I would encourage you to do so. I hope uh, I hope it, it blesses you all. But we, we had a good time. The Ladies of Streams of Eden recorded that podcast a couple weeks ago. So... Um, but it, we did dive a little bit deeper into that scripture. All right, we'll move on. We are in Psalm 73 and we will be reading verses one through 28. And that happens to be the whole Psalm. So Psalm 73, God is indeed good to Israel, to the pure in heart. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. My steps nearly went astray. For I envied the arrogant. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have an easy time until they die, and their bodies are well fed. They are not in trouble like others. They are not afflicted like most people. Therefore, pride is their necklace, and violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge out from fatness. The imaginations of their heart run wild. They mock, and they speak maliciously. They arrogantly threaten oppression. They set their mouths against heaven, and their tongues strut across the earth. Therefore his people turn to them and drink in their overflowing words. The wicked say, How can God know? Does the Most High know everything? Look at them, the wicked. They are always at ease, and they increase their wealth. Did I purify my heart and wash my hands in innocence for nothing? For I am afflicted all day long and punished every morning. If I had decided to say the th- these things aloud, I would have betrayed your people. When I tried to understand all of this, it seemed hopeless until I entered God's sanctuary. Then I understood their destiny. Indeed, you put them in slippery places. You make them fall into ruin. How suddenly they become a desolation. They come to an end, swept away by terrors, like one waking from a dream. Lord, when rising, you will despise their image. When I became embittered and my innermost being was wounded, I was stupid and did not understand. I was an unthinking animal towards you. And I am always with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take 
me up in glory. Who do I have in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those far from you will certainly perish and destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, God's presence is is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, so I can tell about all that you do. And last but not least, we are in Proverbs chapter 12. Verse 8 through 9, and I've got to find it. There we go. A man is praised for his insight, but a twisted mind is despised. Better to be disregarded, yet have a servant, than to act important, but have no food. This is the word of God for the people of God, and I think I just read the wrong proverb. Sorry about that, y'all. We are actually in Proverbs chapter 12. Verse 10, sorry, the righteous cares about his animal's health, but even the merciful acts of the wicked are cruel. Sorry about that. I uh, just, I forget that you all can't see us. So I write down the scriptures on this little tiny notepad and I have day 90 and 91 on the notepad and I totally looked at day 90. So my apologies. So you got a double dose of uh, chapter 12, 8 and 9. If you listen to day 90 and 91. So my apologies for that, y'all. But again, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you and thanks be to God. I'm just so grateful that that you all are with us. And I I pray that this does bless you. And I pray that um, you realize that we are just people trying to to move forward in our journey through Christ. So... um, I think there's something special knowing that there's somebody reading with you. And my dog just figured out how to open the door and come in here. So that's interesting. So, but we will, at Streams of Eden, we pray for those that are listening. And we're so grateful that you all do listen. Uh, We will talk to you later.